0: it's not a i shake hands with everyone around. Make everyone feel welcome tonight. last.
1: Ages starting about six years old, maybe younger than that, going up to age 12, and then our junior high and senior high. So, a lot of things going on tonight. Let's pray the Lord to bless. Glad you're here. Are you glad to be here tonight? Say amen. Praise the Lord for his goodness and always doing. I tell you, I have just all week long just feasted off of what the Lord did for us on Sunday. Amen. That's a blessed day. Just an anointing on the service. That's the only way I know how to. Explain the Lord's day as it was just a special anointing on the service, and I praise the Lord for what He's doing. I think He's just getting us ready for what He's going to do. Amen. So let's trust Him for many, many wonderful things to happen. Let's pray now and ask the Lord to bless here tonight and open our hearts. Roy, if you would lead us in prayer, please. Yes. Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Yes, amen. Let's continue to sing. Come forward to receive our offering tonight. And let me remind you that what we give on Wednesday night uh, goes to support the Bible conference in the fall. And of course, if you are new and uh, may wonder why we take an offering so far in advance for the conference in the fall, uh, we invite so many guests to come in and we invite folks to come in and we put them up for the week and feed them for the week. and. And we've just been amazed at what the Lord has done over the past few years. And and pastors from about 11, 12 states this past Bible conference. And so this is one way that we try to be a blessing to others and to do something for those who serve the Lord around the country. So you give, and I know the Lord will bless you for it. And I appreciate all of you here tonight, and a good number on Wednesday night, and just starting the new year off right. Our theme this year... As we enter a new century, is a new commitment. And I want you to commit yourself to God as you've never committed yourself to the Lord and say, this is what I want to do and serve God and be faithful to these things. It's, it's what has to be done if we're going to do greater things for the Lord. So I appreciate you starting the year off right. And a good way to do it, if you really want to get the new year started off right, just give $100 tonight. So I'm going to give to God and honor Jesus. Say amen. I don't think too many of you are ready to get committed just yet, are you? You're going to wait some other day. But uh, you give and the Lord will bless you for it. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're working in our hearts. And Spirit of the Lord, we ask you to continue to work the things of God into us and stirring us about what we should be doing for the name of Jesus Christ. Bless now all the things that are going on tonight, all the things that are coming up. We pray you'll bless. Bless our giving. May we give in a way that will honor you and that you'll be pleased with it. Lord, every time the offering plate goes by, when we give, may the Holy Spirit be able to breathe the sweet peace of God in our heart because we have done what you would have us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: it's one of my favorites. Without him, I could do nothing. One of my favorite gospel songs of all time was written by a man who at one point his wife had left him and as I've read, he even contemplated suicide because of all the things that had gone wrong in his life. But one day he sat down on his piano and began to write, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. And he wrote the song, Dr. Charles Weigel, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus, since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how to change my life completely, he did something. There's no one. Other-
1: Praise the Lord. I appreciate the song. Let's open our Bible to Luke chapter 5. And I want us to look tonight at a few verses of Scripture from one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible. A song Joe sung has always been one of my favorite. And I'm glad to hear that song. And I want to share with you a few thoughts from one of my favorite passages in the Bible. I love this story. Let's stand to our feet as we honor the reading of His Word. Luke chapter 5, and I want us to think tonight on this thought, if we will, He will. If we will, He will. I believe that God is wanting to do some very special things for us. I've been sharing with you now for a few services uh, things about a vision, catching a vision, getting the vision, trying to let you know a little bit how I am thinking, what the Lord is putting into my heart. But I really believe that all of these things that I've talked about, I really believe this. I really, really believe that we can see these things come to pass. If I didn't believe them, I wouldn't be pushing for them. And if I didn't believe them, I wouldn't be challenging you with, with them. But I do believe they're possible because I believe they are of God. And I believe that God is capable of doing special things. But it all depends on one thing. If we will, He will. Now look at Luke 5, beginning in verse 1. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. The Bible said it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which, which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Thank You, you may be seated. Let's pray. And then tonight, For just a little while, I want to just point out three simple things about these fishermen and how they remind us that if we will, God will. Let's pray. Father, tonight in Jesus' name, we thank you for what you are putting into our hearts, for what you're doing in our lives, and the direction, Lord, that you are leading us. All of these things, Lord, assure my heart ...that you are interested in what's going on here. And we're just grateful tonight that you would let us be a part of anything that you are doing. And Lord, even in advance, we want to thank you for letting us be a part... ...of what you're going to be doing at Temple Baptist Church. We cry out to you and call upon you that you would continue to bless. Lord, that you'd show yourself to be the God that you really are. And you'd make yourself known to us in these days... Lord, I pray you'll open our hearts to your word tonight, and I pray if there be somebody that's discouraged or somebody may be a little doubtful, through the word of God, remind them of what you can do, and remind us of the conditions upon which you will work, for it is in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things, amen. As I said just a moment ago, this is one of my favorite passages in the scripture, I have always enjoyed the story that is before us in our text. It is a scene that you could divide into three sections. One, you have the disciples washing their nets. You have the disciples lowering their nets. And finally, you have the disciples breaking their nets. It is a story where we see one moving from fruitlessness to the matter of fruitfulness. It is a story where we see certain ones moving from the point of giving up to the point of going out and going on. It is a story that reminds us of several things. It is a story that reminds us that God can do for us something that will literally amaze us and something that will astonish us. Do you really believe that God could do that? Say amen. Well, the verse 9 tells us that Simon Peter and everybody that was at this particular scene, they were astonished at what the Lord did. And what was so thrilling about what the Lord did in Luke chapter 5 is what He did was in a situation they had given up on. They had given up on anything happening, but yet in that situation, the Lord showed Himself some Himself that He is the God that He declares to be. He did some wonderful things and they were all astonished. The story reminds me that God wants to do things that will astonish us. And it reminds me that God wants to do things that will amaze us. And it reminds me that God can do for us amazing things. But it also points out the key to seeing the astonishing things of the Lord. And I believe that key is found in the words of verse 5, underscore these five words, At thy word I will. Do you see that statement there? It's a statement that Peter said, made the statement a little bit, Uh, skeptical when he made it and a little bit doubtful, but he said, At thy word I will. That is the key, I believe, to seeing the astonishing things of God. To put it simply, if we will, He will. God has made Himself known through His word. He has told us there are certain things that He will do, but He also reminds us all through the Bible there are often conditions to what He does. And in this story, we are reminded that if I will, if you will, then God will. Let's look at the text and let me show you what I'm talking about. The first thing that I want to draw your attention to is the discouraged fishermen. When you look at this story, you find a group of men that are discouraged. Now, I must confess to you tonight, I am not a fisherman. I know there's some fishermen in this room tonight, and you are good fishermen. I am not a fisherman. I have no desire to fish. The last time I went fishing was with Terry he wanted me to go. And I spent most of the time getting my lures off of logs and the banks and whatever like that. I only went to build a bond between my son. But that is the only reason I went. You know what I'm talking about? Say amen. When I was young, I used to do a lot of fishing. I remember when I was a teenager there, I had this dream of this big tin the 12-pound bass on the wall. In my old age, I would lean back in my recliner and get me a pipe and some expensive tobacco, and I would just talk about the story of when I caught that big bass. You You know what I'm talking about. I had great ambitions in life, but I gave it up, finally retired. I kind of felt like the fisherman named Bob. He and his brother Harry were untiring fishermen. They went every day and spent hours every day fishing. The only problem was Harry always caught fish. Bob never didn't catch any fish. Every day go out. Bob didn't catch anything. Harry caught everything. And so one day Bob decided that he was going to go fishing by himself. So he went down to the river bank and he made a long upstream cast. And as the fly floated downward, a trout stuck his head out the water and looked at the bank and said, where's Harry? That's the kind of way I felt. When it comes to fishing, it seemed like everybody got the trophies but me, so I decided to retire. But the story here in Luke chapter 5 involves professional fishermen. Not your everyday fishermen. These are fishermen that fish for a living. But yet the story tells us they had fished all night and caught nothing. Now again, these were trained fishermen. These were experienced fishermen. They knew how to fish and furthermore, they knew where to fish. But on this particular night in Luke chapter 5, they came up empty-handed. And you could say that these were discouraged fishermen. And there's a couple of things (coughs) in the text that points out that they were discouraged. For example, the first thing you see their discouragement demonstrated. You notice in verse 2, the Bible said that Jesus saw two ships standing by the lake. And the Bible said, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And notice the statement. And they were washing their nets now the word washing simply literally means they were rinsing their nets off you see these fellows were packing it up they had fished all night and if i understand them and know anything about these men i believe they looked everywhere they could i'm sure one said they're not hitting here let's go over here we always do well over there and i'm sure they worked that lake back and forth all night long tried all the best fishing holes tried the best way to fish that they could think of. But they didn't catch anything. And so finally, at some point, they said, what's the use? Let's go in. And so they went ashore, and the Bible said they were washing their nets. That is, they were rinsing them off. They were packing their nets up. They were calling it quits. It reminds me of how there are times in our life that we feel like calling it quits. Not that there's anybody in this room tonight who at one time or another has not thought about quitting. And it may be there's somebody here tonight that is discouraged and you feel like just giving up. And a lot of times we get discouraged in life. And when we get discouraged, we have a tendency to want to give up what we're doing. Maybe you want to give up your Sunday school class. It may be that you want to give up singing in the choir. It may be that uh, sometimes our water workers get discouraged and they want to give up working in the water. And many different areas, whatever those areas may be, There are times that we just feel like quitting. And I must be honest with you. There have been times in my life when I wish I was anything but a preacher. We all get discouraged. And we all want to quit. Some of the greatest characters in the Bible wanted to quit. Jeremiah the prophet wanted to quit. Elijah wanted to quit. And you find Elijah under the juniper tree wanting to die. Jonah tried to quit. And even one of the characters here in our text, Simon Peter, would eventually quit the ministry and, would, and quit for a period of time. You see, all of us, at one time or another, want to quit. We want to give up our job. We want to give up our role. We want to give up our position. We get discouraged, and we're ready to call it quits. You see it demonstrated in the fact that we're washing their nets. But you not only see their discouragement demonstrated, but declared in the words of Simon Peter. You notice in verse 5, Peter's response to the Lord. And how it reveals a discouraged heart. We hear him saying in verse 5, He said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now we're going to look at what Jesus said to him in just a moment. But you find that Peter responded and his words reveal that he was a very discouraged man and he was very doubtful in his heart. He said, Lord, we've toiled all night. we fished all night. We didn't catch a thing. And what Peter was actually saying is, Lord, I don't believe there's much reason to do it. And I don't have much hope that anything's going to happen, but I'll go ahead and do it. But what Peter is saying, he's feeling like it was a hopeless situation. You see, sometimes we get discouraged and we want to quit. And in our hour discouragement, we get to feeling that something is a hopeless situation. As a Sunday school teacher, you study, you work, you pray, you give, you put out, you put in and different things, but you don't feel like your Sunday school class is getting anywhere. You want it to grow. You want to see the people in there work, but it doesn't seem like it grows. It doesn't seem like the people want to work. And it is real easy just to get the feeling that nothing's ever going to happen and get the feeling that it is a hopeless situation. And maybe you've been in some other area there, and you have seen very little fruit from what you're doing and very little... What you do and what you give seems to be so ineffective. And so sometimes you get to thinking, what's the use? There's no use doing it anymore. There's no use trying anymore. Nothing's ever going to happen. Nothing is going to change. It may be you've been praying for someone. Maybe you've been praying for something. And it could be you've about got to the place where you think nothing's ever going to happen. I have prayed for him, I have prayed for her and I have prayed and I have prayed and I have cried and I have cried and I have pleaded and I have pleaded and you do it for so long it's, it's easy to get to the point where you feel like nothing's ever going to happen. They won't ever get saved, they won't ever get right, God won't ever meet this need whatever. You just get the feeling that it's hopeless. It may be you're going through a dark time in your life and you've about come to the conclusion that nothing, nothing is ever going to change. You've about resigned to the fact that this is the will of God for the rest of your life, that you just live in despair and live in darkness. Well, these fishermen, these were trained fishermen, and they were men that had tried and tried but had failed and were calling it quits, giving it up with the attitude, there's no use trying tonight, there's no use trying now, nothing is going to happen. And that may be where you are. You may be in such a place... Where you are discouraged. But I want to give you a second thing. You not only see the discouraged fishermen, but also you see the directed fishermen. For you see, in this frustrating situation, in this scene of discouragement, Jesus Christ stepped into the picture. Now, I want you to listen to me. Anytime Jesus shows up, business is going to pick up. Can I get an amen right there? Anytime the Lord moves in, you mark it down, something's going to happen. And we read that Jesus entered into the picture here and the first thing that he did was he entered into a ship, put a little bit offshore so he could teach the multitudes that were following him. And after a while of teaching the crowd there, then he turned his attention to Peter. And he began to talk specifically to Peter and he gave Peter specific instructions. Notice in verse 4, first of all, what Jesus said to Peter. Notice what he said to Peter. He said in verse 4, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. Now Jesus said, Peter, now this is what I want you to do. Again, these are fishermen that are ready to quit. They're packing it in, rinsing their nets off, folding them up. They're putting them in their boats. They're boiling their boats ashore. They're calling it quits. But Jesus said, Peter, here's what I want you to do. I want you to launch your boat back out in the water. And I want you to let down your nets. You see, what Jesus was doing was giving Peter a specific instruction. He is telling Peter what to do. Now listen to me tonight. Peter is not alone. Jesus not only gave him instructions, he gives me instructions. And he gives you instructions. In fact, this Bible that I have right here in front of me, And that Bible that you hold in your hand tonight is God's instruction manual for every one of us. It tells us what we're to do. It tells us what we're to be. It tells us what what we ought to be involved in. It tells us what we should not be involved in. But it is God's instruction manual. You might call it the laws of heaven for life on earth. It is the way of knowing what God wants us to do. When I want to know what I am to be as a Christian, all I've got to do is read the Bible. When I need to know, when I want to know what I should be doing as a Christian, I just have to read the Bible. And when it comes to this matter of the church here, when we as a church want to find out what we ought to be, right here's our instruction, man. When we as a church want to know what we're to do, now we talk about visions, and I've been talking about a vision, not visions. You can have a barbecue pizza and have that, but I'm talking about a vision, seeing out in the distance what God can do. When I talk about a church having a vision, our church having a vision, I'm really saying in a nutshell is, is finding out what God wants us to do and in our mind's eyes seeing that done and having faith that we can see astonishing things from the Lord. And when we want to know what God wants us to do at church, what should we do here? What should we be involved in? How should we function day in and day out? The Bible is our instruction manual. It is our source of learning. Peter, uh, Jesus said to Peter, this is what I want you to do. It's what he said to Peter. But look at something else. I want you to notice what he sought from Peter. Not only what he said to him, but what he was seeking from Peter. Again, notice in verse 5, Peter's response to the instructions Jesus gave him. He said, Now, Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a Here's Simon's answer again. We saw it a moment ago, but look at it again. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. see, Jesus told Peter, this is what I want you to do. And Peter says, all right. And he may have had his doubts about whether anything would happen. And he may have been skeptical. And I think there's an indication that he was there. Not only that he said, we have taught all night and called nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I'll let down the net. Uh, Jesus told him to let down nets, plural. He let down a net, singular. Of course, that's why the net broke. But nevertheless, nevertheless, he may have had his doubts. He may have been somewhat skeptical that anything would happen. But Jesus said, do this. And Peter said, I will. That was the only thing Jesus wanted from Peter. That was the only thing the Lord was seeking from Peter. was for Peter just to say yes. Just for Peter to say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. Lord, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. He may have had his doubts. He may have had his reservations. He may have been skeptical. skeptical, But the only thing the Lord wanted was for Peter just to say, I will. And may I say tonight, that's all he wants from me. And that's all he wants from you. God is not looking tonight for someone. He's not going through here picking out those who have the most talent. And he's not going through here tonight looking for those who have the greatest skills. And he's not walking up and down the country trying to find who has the biggest bank account and who has the nicest facilities. No, the only thing God looks for when he's about to do something that will astonish us and when he's about to do something that will amaze us, the only thing that Jesus looks for is somebody to say, I will I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. If you tell me to do something, I'll do it. You give me a word about something, I'll obey it. You give me a word of instruction, I will follow. That's the only thing that God wants from us tonight. And may I say as a church, that's the only thing God is looking for. The only thing God is looking for tonight is simply that we will do what he tells us to do. Now, we don't have to pray and pray about what we ought to do. The Bible tells us what to do. And we ought to just simply say, Lord, it tells us what to do. Therefore, I will. If there's something he tells us to do, we're to do it. And see to it that it gets done. Amen? So you find the key to the whole matter is if we will, he will. And that leads me to the third and the final thing. You not only see the discouraged fishermen, and you not only see the directed fisherman, but look at the delighted fishermen. Notice carefully in verse 4 that Jesus told him, he said, you go ahead and let down your nets for a draught. Now you got to, I don't think Peter caught that. Ever, you know how he goes when somebody talks to us, we maybe pick out a word or two, but we miss a word here and there and yonder. And I believe when Jesus said, Peter, let down your nets. Go out in the deep and let down your nets for a draught. I believe when he said to me, let down your nets, I don't even think he even heard the word draught and well, whatever, but he said, I want you to let down your nets. I'm about to give you a haul of fishes. You see that word drought? It literally means a haul. He was saying, I am about to give you the fish catch of the century. And again, I'm not sure Peter caught that, but the Lord said what he was saying to Peter was, if you will, I will. Notice verse 6 and 7. Notice how thrilling the miracle. Verse 6 and 7, look what happened. And when they had done this, look at this. They enclosed, and you've got to remember, they would fished all night. They hadn't even called a minner. That's in the Greek. You've got to get all that out of the Greek. And he said they fished, fished all night, hadn't caught anything. Now when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now these nets were tough. But to fill them with a multitude, to break them, can all, you can begin to understand how big of a catch. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And the Bible said they came, and not only did they fill their net that break, but they filled both the ships. And they filled the ships so full that these ships began to sink. Uh, When we think about sinking ships, we usually think of the negative. But I'm going to tell you something. Right here's a sinking ship I want to get in on. Amen? Here are some nets being broken that I want to get in on. And here is the Lord just blessing them. He filled the net with such a catch, it broke. And one of them said, help, come over here. We have found it now. And they filled up those ships and they were so full they began to sink. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord wants to give us a church-sinking experience. A net-breaking experience. He wants to do the same for us. But the key is this. Doing what He tells us to do. If we as a church, now listen to me. I don't know that everybody here will catch my vision for the year 2000. I don't know that everybody here will catch my vision for what we'll do in the years to come. Sunday night was my vision for the life of this church and the ministry of this church. Saturday night I'll share my vision for the year. But a temple and a river and all these things, these are things that I see the church being day in and day out in the years to come. And I don't know that everybody will get that vision. I don't know that everybody will catch that vision. But I do believe this. If we will simply just say, Lord, There are certain things you told us to do. We're going to do it. You told us to win people to Christ. You told us to support missionaries. You told us to disciple the believer. You told us to build people up in the faith and grow them and mature them. You told us to teach and to reach. Lord, if we'll do it. Listen to me. I believe this all of my heart. If we will, he will. And I believe that somewhere God will move and God bless and we will be astonished at what the Lord will do I believe that how thrilling the miracle but look at the last thing how truthful the man if you notice in verse 8 when all this happens Simon Peter saw it and he fell down at Jesus knees saying depart from me for I'm a sinful man O Lord what is it doing why is he breaking down and and saying I'm a sinful man O Lord look in verse 9 for he was astonished. He falls before the Lord, and he's saying, "Lord, forgive me, I' am a, so depart me. I'm a sinful man." He' said, "Lord, I'm unworthy of this. He is so moved, for he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. You know what happened? When Jesus did what He did, Peter one that had fished all night long. Discouraged, Jesus said, Let down your nets. Peter said, We've taught all night. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net. It's like Peter was saying, Lord, I'll do it. But really, we're just better off to go home and turn on ESPN and watch Nebraska play. They can really play football and just go home and just forget this thing. And But he went ahead and obeyed the Lord. And when he did, God filled his nets, God broke his nets. And God so astonished them that he was overwhelmed. And in essence, he cries out, Lord, forgive me of ever doubting you. And forgive me of my unbelief and my lack of trust. It's like, Lord, please forgive me that I have not trusted you anymore. I think many of us ought to make that kind of confession before God. My heart, in essence, and things I've shared with you, things I've said really what... I have come and said, dear God, forgive me for not seeing things as through the eyes of God. And forgive me of wearing rose-colored glasses and not living by faith and believing that you are God and that your word is true. And Lord, from obeying you and doing what you want us to do, I think many of us ought to come and say, Lord, you are the kind of God. How could I ever doubt you? How could I ever have unbelief? Well, to say, God, forgive me the way that it is. Now I'm asking you tonight, how would you like the Lord to fill your ship? How would you like the Lord to fill your net? How would you like the Lord to do something amazing in your life? How would you like for the Lord to do something astonishing in your life? Would you like that? Then let me just say something to you. If you will, he will. Peter, Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word I will. That's all that the Lord wanted is simply Peter to do what he said he would do. Listen to me. You do what God wants to do in your life. You do what he tells you to do. This coming Sunday is Commitment Sunday. And we're going to ask you to make Commitment. We've never had a Commitment Sunday here. But I finally decided it's time we got committed. People got a wonderful pastor. We got all of these things. Now I finally just said, you know what we need to do? We just need to do what you told us to do. Get busy and do it. Quit praying about it. Quit talking about it. Do it! And this coming Sunday, we're calling. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment in your life. Sunday night, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment about this is what I'm going to do for God. This is where I'm going to serve in the year 2000. This is what I want to do for the Lord. And there's a reason I want you to commit. The reason I want you to say, Lord, this is what you want me to do. I will. I want you to say an answer when you make a commitment. I want you to say to the Lord, I will. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll do what you want me to do. Because if you will, he will. If I will, he will. We can be astonished in the days to come if we will. Because he will do what He can do, and He will do what He said He will do if we will. You believe that? Take your prayer sheet. Look at it for just a moment. We're going to come and pray right after we look at it. Our Missionary of the Week is the Trask and Sand Mountain Bible Camp. As many of you know, Mrs. Trask has been battling with cancer. Her cancer has come back. We want to continue to pray for her and lift her up. No finer people in this area than the Trask and no greater works, finer work than Sand Mountain Bible Camp. Let's remember them. Our Church of the Week, really this week, we wanted to ask you to pray for a ministry. Not so much a church, but a ministry. Brother Tom Hayes, you know Brother Tom. And he's here every year in his past ministry. We want to pray for him in the start of 2000, that God will bless him this year. An evangelist depends entirely upon the open doors and the churches going to. Let's pray that God... We'll bless Brother Tom Hayes and pass this year. Then our hospital is Parkridge, Mary Burnett. She got to go home this afternoon. She had pneumonia, but uh, she left this afternoon. But Let's continue to pray for her. Also, Florence Herb at Eastridge Hospital. Florence is not doing well at all. She's in intensive care. And if the Lord really doesn't intervene there, Florence will not be with us long. Let's really lift her up in prayer. Carolyn Bokina is in Murfreesboro. She may have been moved to Nashville today. Does anybody know? Did anybody know if they moved today? Okay, let's remember Carolyn Bokina. She's had having some problems with ankles. And then Thelma Paget's sister Ruth Kelsey. She's been moved to the hospital in Birmingham. Jim, yes. Huh? Where's oh there, Thelma? Where is your sister? So she's not in the hospital. But someone had told us that she's in the hospital, so we want to remember in prayer. Let's still pray for Ruth tonight. And then Jim Sink, this is Eva DeBoer's uncle. And then a special request given to me tonight for Joey Trailer. And this is some of Myra Beagle's family. He's age 17, he's at St. Jude's in Memphis, and he's in stage 3 of cancer. So let's remember Joey tonight and be praying for him. Let's all stand, and all of you that will, this Wednesday night, this midweek service. Yes. Mr. Sink, Eva was saying they just learned today that he'd had a mini stroke, but let's, let's remember him. Let's all stand on their feet. I want us to, I want you to come, all of you that will, gather around this altar. I want you to pray for these special requests. But I want you tonight to say, Lord, I will. And say, I will in light of His will. I will do what you tell me to do. I will. And if we will, He will. Say, Lord, I want you to fill the nets of my life. I want you to fill the ships of my life. I want to see those astonishing things of the Lord. Lord, do it for me. Work in my life. Let's pray for these things. Ask the Lord, what do you have you to do? And then say, I will. Let's pray. Father, tonight in Jesus' name, we come tonight to pray for the Trask. Thank you for the Trask, Mrs. Trask. Thank you for their life testimony their ministry bless them meet every need we pray for mrs trask health we pray lord for the financial needs of the camp i pray you'd meet every need and bless for brother tom lord as it begins a new year i pray you'll bless him throughout the coming year open doors open the doors to where you have a special work for him to do I pray, Lord, that you bless men as he travels on the road. Bless his family as they are at home. Bless every financial need that he has. Bless his ministry of uh, publications and the printing ministry and all these things. Bless all of these things that he does. Meet every need that he may have. For our church family tonight that is sick, I pray you touch them. Pray that you'd meet every need. Lord, I thank you for those that have got to go home. I pray you continue to touch them. For those that are still in the hospital, we pray that you would bless them and meet the needs of each one of them. Physically, I pray you would bless. Fathers, we come. We ask your blessings upon every special request on our Wednesday night prayer sheet. Father, we come as we kneel and as we pray across this building. Lord, we ask you now to work the truth of your word into our heart. Help us to realize, Lord, that there are astonishing things you want to do for us, but it depends upon us simply obeying you. And that is the only thing that you're looking for tonight in our life. Because if we'll say yes to you, then you've got what you need, and you'll be able to do what you want to do. Father, we plead with you tonight that this place would become a place that you would do some astonishing things, some amazing things, some wonderful things. Lord, as we try to know Your will and seek to get Your vision for where we're to go in the next 365 days, in the next years, God, I pray, help us to see what it is that You have for us to do, what it is You want us to do. And, Lord, may we do it. Lord, help us to do it. Help us to step out by faith if necessary. Help us just to follow You and to obey You. Lord, help us. Not to let our unbelief or our doubt or our skepticism hold us back. But may we realize this is what you want. And may we go forward for the glory of God. This today, tomorrow, and the months to come, and the years to come. Lord, I pray you'll do some astonishing things. Put it in our hearts. Stir us about these things. Lord, I pray for the Lord's Day. I pray for Saturday night. I pray for our leaders that it would be an hour in which, God, you'll do something special in our hearts. It'll be an hour of dedication, an hour of commitment, an hour, Lord, of life-changing and soul-stirring and vision-catching. On the Lord's Day, do the same thing in all of our hearts. Sunday night, Lord, give us the workers we need. Father, give us the workers we need for our greeters' ministry. Lord, give us more prayer partners. Give us people, Lord, to help us reach our goals in Sunday school. New classes, new works, new ministries, all these things. Lord, I pray on Sunday that, God, you'll send forth the laborers into the vineyard. May there be a number that will, on the Lord's Day, say, This is what I'll do because this is what God wants me to do. I will. And, Lord, I believe when we as a church begin to say, I will, you will. And I ask you now just to work these things in our heart. Move us about these things. Stir us for Jesus' sake. Lord, may we be stirred as we've never been stirred before. May we go after people and reach people as we've never done it before. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Are you glad you're a Christian? Say amen. Do you really want to see some astonishing things around here in the days to come? You really want to see some astonishing things? Just say, I will. And we start saying, I will. Around here, he will. You remember that. Sunday, on the Lord's Day, bring somebody with you. Think about folks that you can reach. Go by and see folks. Visits uh, several people today. It was in the hospitals and they were telling about so-and-so came to see me last night. So-and-so came to see me today. And they were talking about these things. Add to your hospital list. I forgot to put it on there. Mrs. Farmer. And uh, she's the lady that comes on Sunday night. I, I call her my Methodist Sunday night member. She's in the hospital at Memorial. Let's all stand. Now that you all sit down, let's all stand. Amen. Let's come back Sunday expecting a great day in the Lord. Amen. You're dismissed. Shake Hands Fellowship. Be sure if you see any visitors, take the time to speak to them, get to know them. Teachers, meet them, invite them to your classes.